Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. John's gospel is trying to convert the unbeliever, right? Because this is what he says. These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, that you might believe that he is the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life through his name. But what does it say in this verse, in 1 John five thirteen that we just read? These things I have written to you who believe already in the name of the Son of God, that you may know and be assured of the eternal life. Why? That you may continue that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. He's writing to believers. How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. Today on Truth in Christ Radio, our scripture says that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Welcome to our Bible study with Pastor Rob Kellogg. This scripture is God's essential message to man. Eternal life is a gift from God, received in Jesus Christ. It is all about Jesus, and living in Jesus is the evidence of eternal life. In stating the message so plainly, John hopes to persuade us to believe. Even if we already believe, he wants us to know that you have eternal life so we can have this assurance and so that we may continue to believe. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. Let him take you completely. Why are you afraid? Some of you this morning here are afraid. You're afraid of what he'll do in your life if you finally let go. Why are you holding on? Why are you still resisting his spirit when his spirit says, you know what, if you only knew the joy that I'm going to give you. See, we're all so worried that he's going to send us off to some foreign place where we hate it and there's, there's malaria and everything. Else. Believe me, I thought the same thing. But, get, but guess what? He knows you. He is able to change your heart so that when he is ready to do what he's going to do, you're going to be so in love with what he's going to do and what he's going to do in your life. You're going to be like, I can't believe I've, I've, been, I've been stuffing this up for so long. Why did, I, why did I resist so long? I tell you what, I'm having the time of my life now. I really am. I look back and I see how God got me to this place. I couldn't have gotten here on my own I didn't even want it. It wasn't even in my thoughts. It wasn't in my thought at all. I wanted something else for my life. And aren't you glad that God touches you and says, you know what? What you want is so, no offense, but it's really stinking pretty bad. I got something so much better for you. And I'm going to intervene in your life. I'm just going to show you my glory. I'm going to show you how much I love you. I'm not going to allow you to go that direction, Rob. You want to be a, a, a world-famous classical guitarist. That's what I, that was my goal. I wanted to tour the world and just play the classical guitar, but there came a point where I hated it because there was nothing about it about Christ. I couldn't speak. I couldn't tell. I mean, certainly you can play a song. There's no words. For me, that was a problem. 
Lord, you've got to change me. He's like, well, I'm going to change you. You struggle because you had to play without words? Well, I'm going to give you a mouth. I'm going to sanctify that mouth. I'm going to sanctify that heart. And I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> the word of God, his will for you is great. In verse 9 it says, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. And that's true. God is greater than man. Are you going to listen to the traditions of man? Are you going to listen to what man has to say? Some things that man has to say is good. But let me tell you, what God has to say is infinitely better, exponentially better than anything man can tell you. Listen to the words of God. Read the word of God. Be obedient to the word of God. God's word is perfect. It's absolute. It's inerrant. It's infallible. Do you believe this? Have you or are you willing to look into this yourself? You don't have to check in your brain at the door. If you're one of those intellectual people, believe me, there's a lot of intellectuals who have looked into the claims of Christ and came away believers. Some of the most incredibly intensely intellectual people, the smartest people, the geniuses of the world, many of them have come to Christ when they've really examined it. Will you examine it? If there's any doubts in your heart, God is not saying, well, you just have to believe by faith. No, you believe by faith, but you go check it out and you'll come to the same conclusion. All the facts are there if you're just willing to see them. But again, it's a heart issue, isn't it? It's a heart issue. The witness of God is greater. Because your eternal destiny is dependent on faith in Christ, isn't it worth looking into? I think it is. But in verse 10, we get into the internal witness. It says in verse 10, He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. Notice, in himself. And he who does not believe God has made him a liar. Because he has not believed, notice, the testimony that God has given of his Son. Are we going to believe God or are we going to believe man? You have to make the decision. Are you going to believe a movement? Are you going to believe a, uh, a denomination, the, the things they hold to? Believe me, traditions aren't bad unless they go against the word of God. No, but see, there's certain traditions that aren't bad, but there are certain ones that people hold to. They do. They hold to them. They believe in them. With everything that they have, they believe in them because they don't know this. And so they believe anything else somebody tells them. And believe me, what you know about the word of God, what you know about Jesus is critical. So who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what this says? Or are you going to believe what some man tells you? Oh, Jesus is not really the Son of God. He's just a good man. Just a good man. His blood really wasn't, you know, he really didn't die on the cross. You have a witness within yourself if you're a child of God. Doesn't it say in John chapter 14, Jesus speaking to his disciples, he says, um, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will send you another helper, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. And notice, he says later on in the same verse, he says, For he, the Spirit of God, he dwells with you and shall be in you. Do you see the difference? There's one who's with you, and then there's one who's in you. Two different relationships. When he is in you, then you are a child of God. Until then, you are not a child of God. I don't care how much money you give to the church. You can give $8 million to the church, and I'd encourage you to do that. I'm just kidding again. It doesn't matter what you do. You could help the old lady across the street and be just the kindest, tenderest you know, young man. He's such a wonderful young man. Here you go, Sonny, here's a dollar. I just want to thank you for your love. But his heart is not in it. You can do all of that stuff and not get to heaven. You can do all of it. 
<laughs> the Spirit of God is in you. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, what does it say? In verse 9, it says, Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He's none of his. Are you born again? Praise the Lord. You're a part of the church. You are a child of God. If you, are not, if you don't have the Spirit of God in you, you are not part of the church. We invite you. God wants you to be part of his family, part of the church, part of being a child of God. Certainly, that's why he died. He wants you. He loves you. But you are none of his unless the Spirit of God is in you. In Romans chapter 8, at the very, in verse 16, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You have that witness in your heart. Some point along the line, even with all of your messed up life, even with the things you've messed up and the things that are hurting you, at some point, do you ever hear that still small voice? You know what? I love you and you're one of mine. I know you've made a mistake and you've made some, a lot of mistakes. And you've done these things and there's going to be consequences for these things. But you're still one of mine and I'm not going to give up on you. Have you had that witness in your heart at times? Boy, the devil hates that voice. He wants to come along and say, you know, you really don't deserve it. You've done that a little too many times. Once or twice, the Lord might forgive you, but I don't know about that third time, man. You're going to go down that slippery slide, that slip and slide all the way down to Ghana. That's where you're going. He's not going to forgive you again. You do it again. I'm sorry. Does that sound like the God that we serve? No, he gives you many opportunities, but when you take your last breath, then it is done. So it behooves us then to get right with the Lord, to put away those things and say, God, Sanctify me completely and wholly once again. Sanctify me. Set me apart. I want to be yours. And all throughout the Bible, there's testimony. There's witness of Christ. The very He's the seed of the woman. It tells us that in Genesis 3, verse 15, that's going to crush the head of the serpent. He is the suffering servant that Isaiah told us in Isaiah 53. In Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, it talks about him being the prophet that God would raise up. And behold, he is. And in Psalm 40, what does David say? He says, Behold, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Speaking as if Christ was speaking in the first person. He believes, and he he who does not believe God makes him a liar. And believe me, God is not a liar. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18 says that it's impossible for God to lie. We lie because we have things to cover up. We lie because we're embarrassed about certain things. We lie because we don't have all the facts together. We can't manipulate facts, but God doesn't have to lie because he knows everything. When you know everything, you don't have to lie anymore. And that's who he is. He doesn't need to lie. You, you know, but when you say that you don't believe in him and God's testimony, you make him a liar. But guess what? God is not a liar. Paul said to Titus in the very first chapter of his epistle, he says in his uh, introduction to the letter, he says, Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness. Here it is. In hope of eternal life with God, who cannot lie, there it is. He cannot lie. Promise before time began. He cannot lie. God cannot lie. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. Isn't that what it says in the very first uh, chapter of this letter? Let me read it to you. It's in uh, the first chapter, verse 1 and 2. Remember, John said, That which we have seen from the beginning, which we've heard. I've, I've mentioned this before. He says, The life was manifested, and we have seen it, and we bear witness and declare to you that eternal life. He personifies eternal life with a person. 
It's Jesus Christ. It's just not a length of life. It's not just a quality of life. It is all those things, but more importantly, it is a person. Eternal life is a person. Isn't that what Jesus said to Martha in John chapter 11? When, they, when, when Lazarus had died, Martha came out and said, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would have lived. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. She said, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But notice what Jesus replied to her. He said to her in verse 25, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this? In verse 12, he who has seen the Son has life. And he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Do you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you? Again, if you do, you're a child of God. If you do not, you are not a child of God. What does it say in John 15, verse 23? He who hates me, Jesus said, hates my Father also. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 23, it says this, Whoever denies the Son, notice this, very important, because some people today say, well, I believe in God, but I don't believe in this Jesus. Well, guess what? You have neither. You have neither. John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, verse 23. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Do you understand that it all hinges around Christ? I love in John 3.16, at least in the New King James and the King James Version, it's wonderful because there are 25 words in that verse in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. There's 12 words, and there's 12 words, and the word right in the center, at least in our English Bible, and I think this is just a fun, it's really not a coincidence, but the word is son. It's the very center word. It's like all the words are pointing to the son. It's all about the son. It hinges upon the son. If you don't have the son, you don't have the father either. But if you have the Son, you have everything. Why? Because Jesus is God's salvation. The only means to be reconciled with God the Father is through his Son. When he gives that gift, there's no other way. There's no other way you can say, well, I'm going to climb up some other way. Didn't Jesus speak about that? About the thief and the robber climbing up some other way, trying to get in? He says, there's only one way. He says, I am the way. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. There's only one way into this sheepfold, and it's through me. There is no other way. There's no other way. And here's the key verse, and we're going to end here today. Sorry for the lengthy service. You guys okay? Let's read this last verse. It says, These things, and here's the key verse to this whole epistle. These things I have written to you, notice, I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son. This is very similar. If you want to, go back into John's Gospel and chapter 20, verse 31. You can just write this down or you can listen to it later. But in John's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 31, a very key verse in that Gospel is this. But these things are written, after he's written all of this account, John says, these things are written, why? That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Do you notice the difference between this and what we just read in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13? John's gospel is trying to convert the unbeliever, right? Because this is what he says. These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, 
that you might believe that he is the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life through his name. But what does it say in this verse, in 1 John five thirteen that we just read? These things I have written to you who believe already in the name of the Son of God, that you may know and be assured of the eternal life. Why? That you may continue, that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. He's writing to believers to encourage them. Big difference. One is evangelistic, one is trying to confirm and to solidify what you already know. That's what this letter was all about. John's gospel, you need to get saved, you need to believe in these things. John's first epistle, you already know them, but that you may really know them that you may believe that you that that it's written to you who 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 already believe in the name of the son that you may know that you have eternal life that you're confident in it that you may continue to believe finally just one other thing here he says these things i have written to you who believe in the name of the son of god that you may know that you have eternal life this word know is, is, is really just a word that means to perceive with the eyes, to perceive with really any of the senses, knowledge that you take in through any of those things. And this verse, in fact, if you've got a pencil, I want you to just underline a few things and then we're going to be done, I promise. <laughs> in verse 13, I want you to underline the word know. That you may know. Underline that. That's the first one. The second one is in verse 15. And we know, underline that word, we know. And then in that same verse, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Underline that. In verse 18, look down and see where it says, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Underline that word. And then in verse 19, we know that we are of God. And finally in verse 20, there's two of them. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding and we, that we may know him. There should be seven of them. Seven knows. We know that you may know. Seven of them. And all of them, all six of those, except for the very last one, speak of knowing and interpreting things through the senses. But that very last word is really wonderful. It's the word gnosko. It's different from the other words. All of them are the, the, the first six are just that you may know, that you may take in through the senses. But notice the very last one in verse 20 says, that you may know him who is true. And the word is gnosko. That means it's a totally different idea of knowing. It's not just taking in through the senses. It's knowing experientially. It's knowing in a very personal, intimate way. It's very different from the other words. So why is that important? Well, it is. Because John is saying, That you may know, that you may know this, that you may know that, you may know that, to the end, that you may have this wonderful experience with God, that you will know him. You'll have this gnosko, you'll have this knowledge, but it's a personal knowledge that is based upon experience. That is the difference. Let's stand and pray. I pray that you know him. I want to know him better. Don't you want to know the one who has done all these things? Don't you want to know him more than anything else? More than your sitcoms? More than the things that you may watch at night? Honestly, take look at this stuff. And, and look at what you spend your time with. Listen, make the point, make the initiative this week to, look, to take time, to make time. 
We're all very busy, and there's nothing wrong with having some recreational time. You need that. You do, you need that to just kind of unplug and zone out. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't zone out too much. Know when to zone out and know when to get your nose into the Word. Know when to get your nose in prayer and say, Lord, I need you. Let yourself beg him. You don't have to beg him, but I, I, I desperately need him. Do you desperately need him? Believe me, we are all a mess. Is there anyone here who's got it all together? I don't think there is one. Respectively, we all are a mess. And isn't it great that we can fellowship and love each other in spite of the mess? That we can love each other and gather like this? Isn't it great? Love it. We're a mess. We should change our name. The Fellowship of the Mess. Put it right out there on the front. Take off the dub, just put a heap of garbage. No, not that. We're just a mess. Come join us. You know, sometimes honesty might do the exact opposite of what we might think. You know, people think, well, if I go to that, if I go to that church, everybody's got it together. But sometimes they need to know that, you know what, we're all a mess. We need the Lord. And sometimes the honesty brings people, doesn't it? It just captures their heart and says, you know what, I can, I can attend a fellowship that where they're a mess. Because I don't have it all together, honestly. And especially as we get into this season of Thanksgiving and Christmas, believe me, the engine has already started. And you're going to lose your sanity before it's over. Maybe. Don't let it. Resist it. Resist it. I would encourage you this season, more than any other season that you've ever had, do this. Try this. Spend more time than spending online shopping. Spend more time being with him than, than, than going to the shops. I mean, certainly you can do those things, but spend more time with him. And I bet, I, I'm willing to believe that your time this season will be better than it ever has been if you get focused, if you keep the main thing, the main thing. Thanksgiving is about Thanksgiving to him. Christmas, even though it wasn't celebrated in the first church, we celebrate the birth of Christ. They didn't, but we do, and that's okay. But keep it real. Keep it focused on him and not about the, the, the hedonism and all the other stuff that, that, that we can get carried away with. Certainly enjoy your filet mignon. Certainly enjoy the, the cakes and the cookies and the pies that you give to Pastor. Oh, did I say that wrong? Certainly enjoy. I really, no, please, don't, don't. There's some of you out there who will be like, you know what, I'm just going to give them just a blessing. Please don't. I really don't need anything. Because that happens. Pastor Jeff learned that lesson because he mentioned his favorite cake and he had cakes outside his door. And I'm like, ugh. That would be the most horrible thing, even though the hearts are right. But I'm only joking. (laughs) But let's pray. May the Lord bless you this week. Be encouraged. Drive safely. Be careful out there. Love, love, love. Love those people that are just porcupines in your families. Those people that are difficult. Love them. Show the love. Father, we just thank you for this time. Pray that you would envelop us in your love, God, and that we would truly be the thankful people that the world, Lord, can see. Help us, Lord. Love on us. Help us to be willing to be loved. Cleanse us, Holy Spirit, from all the things in our life, God. We are a mess, God. There's things that nobody knows about us, Father, that had they known, they'd be running. But we'd all be running. 
We would all be running, God, and yet you love us. Please, Lord, help us to love one another. Encourage us this day and this week. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.